everybody, and welcome to Faithful. My name is Emma. My name is Christina. And uh, you saw, probably, unless we're on, like, some kind of autoplay playlist, uh, what we're talking about today and uh, topical, uh, we're going to be talking about um, the whole, well, you know what's going on, the virus thing, everything. (laughs) The virus thing. (laughs) You know, COVID-19. You've heard everything, wash your hands, it yeah, I if we want to like run through resources and stuff, like I have a list that we could run through at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we, yeah. So this is gonna. I I don't. I think the way that we might like articulate this episode title is just like, is like fate, faith in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that sound? That, that, that sounds great. Is that catchy yeah. enough. Okay, cool. I think so. Cool. Um, yeah, we. <laughs> We should also maybe actually put a timestamp on when we're recording this. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Sunday it, night. Um, What day is it? The 29th of yeah, March. Yeah, March 29th. Um, for all you future historians out there. Yeah, because this is going <laughs> to be... Who knows? Like, we're recording this on March 29th. This podcast episode is going to drop one week from today. Who knows what could change in the meantime? Yeah, yay. <laughs> so hopefully a lot, hopefully the information that we are presenting will still be relevant mm-hmm. and accurate a week from today. But yeah. who knows? Right. Who, who knows? <laughs> um, I think this conversation is going to be a little bit different than the ones that you're probably hearing on Twitter and everywhere. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the end, we're going to do resources and like, um, if you need help, that sort of thing. But like... Most of this, I think, is it's going to be a discussion on how, as religious people and, like, the people that we see and interact with, uh, whether in real life or online or anything like that, how they are dealing with the crisis and acknowledging that it's hard and difficult as a religious person. Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of the conversation we're going to have today. So I hope it's a little bit uh, cathartic uh, to listen yeah. to. <laughs> I I hope you know that if if you hear something as we talk about this that you relate to, please know that you are not alone in this. Oh, absolutely. That for every single person who thinks that they are alone in their situation in the face of COVID-19, believe me, there's probably at least 10 other people in your state if not more, you know, mm-hmm. like throughout your country, throughout the across the entire planet Earth as a whole. Like, believe us, you are not alone. Yes, yeah, you are absolutely not alone. Yeah, uh, and then also, if you're just sick of hearing about it and just want to have, just don't want to listen to a podcast talking about it, just skip this one. Next week is going to yeah. be a really fun one. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. If you want fun episodes, uh, feel free to go back to our uh, episode on, say, Donkey Ali and the Road to Jerusalem, <laughs> which For is one sure. of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. The one with my dad. <laughs> yes. Um, the Star Wars episode. Yep, that's great. Yeah, that one came out in December of 2019, so you might have to go back a bit in your podcatcher, but it is still a good one. Yeah. But yeah, let's get this conversation started. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for reference here, I've gathered... I've done some reading on how various faith communities are handling this. Um, I didn't do a lot of research on, like, the the philosophical faith at question here of, like, why is this happening? Like, what kind of, like, I, did, I didn't get into the deeper faith questions. I mainly did research on, like, 
how how various communities are reacting and adapting to this situation. Mm-hmm. So I I figure like. I can start off with the stuff I have on the Catholic Church and, like, we can pepper yeah. our our experiences and, like, what our situations are yeah. uh, in through there. Sure. Okay, so uh, I'm starting with the one that is most relevant to me as a person uh, because I'm Catholic. And locally, across my diocese, um, just literally everything has been canceled. Mm-hmm. Like... We're we're still in Lent. The parish fish fries have been canceled, but also like at Catholic churches, there is a ch- there is almost always like a chapel in every church mm-hmm. that is used to house the Blessed Eucharist, where that Cath- where Catholics believe the the presence of Christ can be found, um, because it's like a, it's a consecrated host and everything. Basically, the Jesus hangout room. (laughs) And somewhere my father's upset at me for calling the Adoration Chapel the Jesus hangout room. (laughs) Um, But all of the Adoration services have been completely closed and canceled because it's, you know, it's it's an enclosed space and Mm -hmm. you can't have... You, you, I guess you can't have reasonable enough social distancing when you're in an enclosed room with an unknown number of other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, it also goes as far as in at least my diocese, um, the home visits are no longer happening. Like oh, minister wow. ministers of the Eucharist are in a normal situation would be able to go to people who are shut-ins or people who are unable to attend mass for some kind of reason, especially medical reasons, and, you know, administer to them. Mm -hmm. But that has been called off. Oh, no. And masses have been called off. (laughs) Confessions, being able to confess your sins to the priest and have your your sins be forgiven you, um, those have been canceled. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) As far as I can tell, the only Catholic practice that is still being done and to interact with the community is the anointing of the sick funerals have been canceled easter is almost certainly going to be canceled yeah (laughs) well i i say canceled by which i mean i am i'll get to this in a bit but actually i can get to it now um despite all of those things that i just said are canceled like this will come across through the rest of the episode, but like a lot of Catholic churches have taken to live streaming and broadcasting mm-hmm. their their mass services in some way. My my roommate and I are both Catholic, and almost every morning except for Saturdays, we get up and we we'll watch the mass that is broadcast actually by my parish through Facebook Live. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but I so we do that. I also know that I. Of course, if you are Catholic, please know that if if your parish isn't directly doing a live streaming of masses at some point, then there's probably a church that you could watch for their live stream of their service. And in addition to that, like my parish is also doing a Stations of the Cross, I believe, every Friday. So a, oh, yeah. a reading of, you know, like Jesus's journey throughout the Passion narrative. So Jesus dies on the cross after having suffered through the torture in Jerusalem. Right. But so all of that is happening. Um, 
a big thing that happened actually this past Friday, so for reference, archivists and historians, on March 27th, <laughs> um, was that Pope Francis uh, oh, did right. a, he did a big a broadcast, essentially, um, of a, I guess an address, you could call it, which was titled uh, Urbi et Orbi, so to the city and to the world. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much just an, you know, like an address on the state of the world and stuff. The full text of it is up online on the Vatican's website if anyone is interested in reading it. Um, and you can probably watch it, watch the recording of it that happened after the fact. Um, I did watch it myself. It was, it was really affecting. <laughs> Good. Because it was this broadcast, you know, of Pope Francis reading his speech that he had prepared and everything. I'm I'm making that sound a lot more a lot more informal than it actually was, but the the kicker was that whoever was on camera duty for the Vatican during this, they kept they kept cutting to wide shots and like panning shots of like let's paint over St. Peter's Square in Vatican City, a place that is normally thronged with people and it's just all you can see are rain-soaked cobblestones like all of the chairs for those who need to be seated were empty. Like, hey, let's let's do a shot from behind the Pope, and it's just out over this empty thing. And there's maybe like, uh, and there were like police cars along the barricade to enforce people not coming to hear the Pope speak. Wow. And of course, it was also raining when this happened, which was like woof. Yeah. <laughs> um. So all of that aside, it he did give a really touching address. Um. He specifically did a lot of referencing of uh, chapter four of the Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. um, which is the scene or the event where Jesus and his disciples get on a boat and go out. They like, I think they were trying to like cross a lake or something. Yeah. But then a big storm arose and the, the disciples all thought they were going to drown. <laughs> And they said, Jesus, do you not care about us? And Jesus woke up and said, chill. And everyone <laughs> chilled. <laughs> um, but Pope Francis did a lot of comparing of that storm to the coronavirus spreading across the globe and to people not people feeling bereft and alone in the world to the disciples feeling, you know, like they were going to die mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. boat. Um and a cup i i have a i have like two pull quotes from here um it is the life in the spirit that can redeem value and demonstrate how our lives are woven together and sustained by ordinary people and then he referenced you know grocery store workers sanitation workers mm-hmm. um doctors nurses all of everyone who is currently still employed to keep society functioning Mm-hmm. Um, and the final paragraph of Pope Francis's address was why are you afraid have you no faith dear brothers and sisters from this place that tells of Peter's rock solid faith I would like this evening to entrust all of you to the Lord through the intercession of Mary health of the people and star of the stormy sea from this colonnade that embraces Rome and the whole world May God's blessing come down upon you as a consoling embrace. Lord, may you bless the world, give health to our bodies, and comfort our hearts. You ask us not to be afraid, yet our faith is weak and we are fearful. 
But you, Lord, will not leave us at the mercy of the storm. Tell us again, do not be afraid. And we, together with Peter, cast all our anxieties onto you, for you care about us. That's good. Pope Francis is a... <laughs> I Christina Woods is a Pope Francis stan. <laughs> I, I think he is a I think he's a very good writer and he's a very thoughtful person and he's he is a good Catholic I think to be leading the church at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we have one good world leader right now. Yep. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um we can uh we can talk about like what specifically like we are doing but how has your local church been affected and handled covid emma yeah um so i actually have a pretty good like behind the scenes view of everything that's like happening in the church because uh like i've mentioned before my dad is a pastor hashtag Um, privileged (laughs) um and uh so he's been you know like going to like zoom meetings with the rest of the church um leaders zoom. <laughs> i i think zoom is a fine service just i was sick of hearing about zoom before all of this happened <laughs> yeah it's yeah i think i was nice i was happy because uh just to go off topic for a second um all of my classes um mm-hmm. i have one that uses zoom one that doesn't meet anymore like we just do like readings on our own and stuff and then two that meet on microsoft teams yeah um don't worry about what that is if you don't know it's it's fine um isn't microsoft teams pretty much just like microsoft's like work together software yeah it's very similar to slack but you can do like video calls and share files um yeah, it's, it's it's just like that, which makes sense because, like, we all have Microsoft accounts already and, like, all of our, like, stuff is in there and it makes yeah. sense. Um, but you can't, like, when you do the video call, you can only see four people, the only the four most recent talkers at the same time. You can't see everybody's face. Mm-hmm. So it's annoying. But anyway, um, that was really off topic. But No, it's okay. It's, it is still <laughs> relevant to how, like, it's relevant to the situation. Nothing. For sure. If we get if we get actually like off topic, one of us will catch it. Yeah, <laughs> or I'll um, catch it in post. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the church leaders have been meeting um, via like you know texting and phone calls and Zoom and um, trying to figure out. Really, the main question is like, what is church without the building and you know every you know it's easy to say like oh the church is the people it's not the building it's like the actions that you take and the relationships that you have with other people like everyone believes that but (laughs) being forced to practice that is a lot more difficult just logistically to figure out how it works um and so the way that my church has been doing it so far uh they've been combating it two major ways one like most churches they're doing online services uh mm-hmm. ours are on facebook live as well uh, i actually this morning went uh i my dad teaches or he preaches at a a location a campus that we have that's uh further south in michigan mm-hmm. um and it was really weird uh because we just got there to the empty church building and set up my dad's camera on a tripod our tripod and my sister was working the slides and my mom and I were just sitting. We were the only two people in the chairs. Uh, 
Yeah, my mom was uh, like liking people's like uh, Facebook comments like on the video as it was Your going. Your mom was running social media. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, and so it was really odd, but I think people have really enjoyed it. Uh, mm. I've certainly, I mean, I'm not going to complain that uh, it's, I can just wake up at like, 9.50 and roll over and turn my laptop on at 10 to watch the service in my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Um, but it's been really nice. Like uh, today, some people sent uh, pictures to my dad of them and like their families, like watching it up on the big TV and mm-hmm. like continuing to like have that fellowship like in their own houses. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that really will spe- it speaks to the nature of like humanity and just like mm-hmm. the church in general as just like you know like terrible things happen and there's always some way that they're gonna figure out how to keep yeah. things moving you know yeah yeah i um i have a i have a quick like actually no this is probably a good time for me to uh for me to reference a, an article that I read. Um this is from the website Tablet Mag mm-hmm. and the article is called uh Shul in the Time of Coronavirus. It is by David V. Kalman. Mm-hmm. And the whole article is I mean, it's written specifically about like Jewish synagogues and how they are dealing with the transition to online services or alternative forms of worship mm-hmm. in the face of coronavirus and social distancing and everything shutting down. Um, and the, the, the gist of his article was, um, ba- was basically like some services have been moved online, but is that a good thing? Mm-hmm. And the, the quote that I specifically pulled for us to talk about is, is physical presence an integral part of religious community and religious practices or is that just the way that things have been done so far? Right. Yeah, because, um, like, when my roommate and I have been doing masses, we've been, we have, you know, like, we have our assigned times that we, that we go to watch the mass being broadcast on Facebook Live. Right. Mm-hmm. But we also have, like, <laughs> because we're Catholics, we have enough candles around the house that oh, we're sure. able to set up, like, Hey, okay. Here's our here's our little like mass setting, and it's a it's like our little end table with like three candles and two miraculous medals and a vase <laughs> of flowers and our little crucifix and our little bottle of holy water. But like even doing that to set to like set it up and being able to do mass with each other, mm-hmm. I think has been really instrumental in like. Even in the even in the seven days that we've been doing this so far, it's been it's been really nice to be able to have like that sort of physical presence of community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think if my I think if either of us lived alone, we would probably be less likely to participate in mass every day. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think we would still both participate in mass on sundays Mm -hmm. um but i don't think we would be doing it as well as religiously Mm -hmm. if we didn't have each other to be accountable to for sure does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah so what do you think about the question is physical presence an integral part of religious community or is that just like the precedent what do you think 
That's a really interesting question. I think the way, and this is just my beliefs and I don't know that they're correct. They're just what I think. But, um, like I think the relationships that you build with the church and like that community are the important thing about going to church. Like I know a lot of people who have had really bad, like understandably terrible experiences with people in the church Mm -hmm. and, you know, would describe themselves as like, yeah, I'm a Christian or whatever, but I don't go to church. Like I don't like organize. I don't like practicing like organized religion like that. It's more just like a personal thing, which is totally, I completely understand. Yes. Um, I just personally have found a lot of, um, like love and growth for myself personally in making those relationships and finding that community. And I definitely don't think you need to be in person to do that. Like, um, I think the way that like the world is evolving and just the different like plights that are like coming up to the surface as more people like get a voice and the internet lets people like get have platforms that they would have never been able to before. Like, I mean, there are people who like physically, like even without this virus can't leave their houses, you know, does that mean that they can't uh, like interact with the church and stuff? No. And I think that this is totally opening eyes to see how more accessible we can make uh, church and religious services, uh, which I think is awesome. I I remember I read this article, I watched this video, it was really interesting, I'm sure you could Google it, um, about this person who does baptisms in uh, VR chat, like the video game, uh, where yeah. he's, he set up this like virtual room that has like a pool and like, I don't know, it's just a little environment that you exist in in VR. And he's like this pastor and he just opened it up and he does virtual baptisms for people. And, you know, sometimes people just, they don't get it or they just like crack jokes the whole time and that's fine. But he's literally just like a man. He's here. He's like making church happen in this VR space and people from all over the world come there and like have real like experiences like spiritual experiences in that place and it was just super super interesting to see uh how the church might look way in the future and like um how like it's really really cool and and not not very scary (laughs) yeah that's my opinion though (laughs) yeah your your opinion is valid (laughs) i think i think for me um that I think that there is a certain there is definitely something about being physically present at a religious service mm-hmm. that I am missing with oh uh, for sure with have going from going from having celebrating mass in an actual church to celebrating mass on in our living room in front of our television where i am in fact starting to wear divots into the carpet with where i kneel (laughs) um it's i there's just to me there's a certain sanctity i guess that for sure that i that i'm able that i'm able to experience and feel when celebrating a service in Mm -hmm. a church that i don't get when i'm celebrating at home for if sure. That makes sense. And yeah. I and as as we mentioned in like the last episode, like for, for both of us, music is very important to the oh, worship yep. experience. And it's it's one thing to be, you know, like singing singing a hymn 
at home or with your family of with your family of four or five mm-hmm. and it's another thing to be singing that in the same physical space with all of the other congregants at your church absolutely yeah <laughs> and like i do miss <laughs> i do miss going to mass mm-hmm. um i i definitely think that there is potential in the future um for religious services to have more to be more accessible and also maybe spiritual online mm-hmm. um but i think i personally think that i think it's going to take a long time for technology to advance to a point where that similar kind of sanctity that that same kind of churchy feeling mm-hmm. it's going to take a long time before that can be adequately expressed by a technological alternative for I sure guess. Yeah, I definitely don't think that, like, virtual church is going to replace physical church. Absolutely not. I think mm-hmm. that that is just such an old tradition and the way that it was, like, I mean, not that they, they had no idea what could have possibly been possible when these religions were like in their first yeah. baby stages um <laughs> go go back to go back to the gospel writer luke and tell him yeah hey uh i have all of your writings down on this little this little small rectangle that i carry in my pocket <laughs> or i guess all the writings that have survived to the present day whatever right <laughs> um yeah there's definitely something that happens in a physical space that is I won't say impossible, but extremely difficult to replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's literally like it's literally being present, mm-hmm. like being. I think this is also referenced in the article by uh, David Sweet Coleman. Um, but it's like there there is a certain quality of being present for a religious service that it's just like. I don't think I don't think that we will ever be able to replicate it with technology until we event teleportation. Right. <laughs> Which would then just be taking you to the place where you can be capital P present. Mhm. Mhm. No, what do, what do you sense. think about like presence as an aspect of like religious service that is maybe being lost during this time in quarantine? Mhm. That that helps me transition a little bit into another thing that my church is doing. Yeah, shoot. Um, to try so um, to try and like be uh more personal and make sure nobody gets left out. Um, is that we have like four or five like pastors, um, that are like on the leadership team, and so what? <laughs> I, I was whistling because. <laughs> I, I am used to a much smaller leadership team where, because in, in the Catholic Church, it's, it's usually like one priest in charge of a church, and then, and it's then an associate pastor or a deacon mm-hmm. to help out with running the parish. Sure, yeah, maybe maybe two deacons if you're really lucky. <laughs> yeah, we've got um our main pastor Cameron, and then Pastor Mark, my dad, and then Pastor Anthony is so Pastor Mark is the head pastor of our one of our campuses, and then Pastor Anthony is the head pastor of another campus, and then we have God Bill and Marilee, kick like another person who like kind of rotate around doing like guest sermons even though they're just like on the rotation 
And then we have like the worship team leaders. There's two of those. <laughs> like there's a lot of people. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't including like worship leaders and like and like music like head of music and stuff. I wasn't including those in the leadership right. roles. <laughs> no, that's but, fair. Yeah. 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 So you have but you have this rotating staff. For, yes. for for your church and the various campuses. Right. And so um, for us, like, virtual services are extending throughout all of April. Um, and they've decided that it's just going to be my dad and Pastor Cameron preaching. Uh, no other um, people preaching for now, at least. Um, and everybody else, their job is um, they kind of divided the congregations of every a campus that we have into to give them to everybody and then it's their job to like call or text or just somehow connect with those people just to make sure that's like like I got a text from um one of our uh, this lady from church who was she just asking like it's like how is like how is this affecting you like how are you feeling is there anything I can pray for you about um like, how are you feeling about, like, the virtual services? Like, could they be improved? You know, just trying to, like, touch base with everyone and make sure that they have a connection to the church, uh, even though it's, you know, difficult. Like, I mean, like, I think our usual congregation is maybe almost 200, if we're lucky. Uh, but, you know, the people who turn into tune into the virtual services is maybe like 30 or 40 um and you know a lot of them are like sharing screens so it's probably more than that but oh yeah 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 uh, yeah it's that's that's the thing with facebook live is that it can be distracting sometimes during services because you're like oh hey there's 30 people watching oh wait no the number just dropped down to 32 i wonder if someone's connection got got broken <laughs> or something like that yeah um I like reading the comments and stuff. There's it's um there's a lot of like older folks at my church and sometimes they're like I hear I hear the sermon happening like twice on like a weird like it like I just hear it's like echoing and someone's like uh close the other tab that you have and they're like thank you. <laughs> it's all of that happening while yeah. the worship service is happening. It's funny. Yeah, I my my parish um I think they might be doing their Facebook live broadcasts of mass, maybe through someone's phone or mm -hmm. if it's not through a phone, it's through like a camera or something that's hooked up to a laptop. And I real there is, <laughs> there is a very, I guess, I guess you could say popular, uh, Bishop. His name is Bishop Robert Barron. I think he's based out of New York or something. Um, but he does a lot of Catholic media and videos and like he's he's very big in catholic youtube and stuff and i really want to like a cold like cold call him and be like father baron can you please send a spare external microphone to my parish so that we can actually hear <laughs> father rick when he is when he's speaking because the audio quality is of the masses is not super great <laughs> Yeah, my mom got a text from somebody who was watching. We have, like, two different services, one at 10 and one at 11. She got a text from somebody uh, watching the 11 o'clock service. Uh, it's like, I don't know who to tell about this, but it's really echoey and difficult to hear Pastor Cameron. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just, yeah, that's just how it is. It, it wasn't impossible, so I'm sure it was fine, but. Uh, yeah. Um, another thing 
Uh, my dad is doing, I think the, um, the leadership team is being encouraged to, like, find other ways to, like, reach out and, like, do mm-hmm. whatever. Do um, check-ins and stuff. Check-ins. Um, continuing to do, like, uh, community groups and, like, Bible studies over Zoom. Um, and then my dad, every weekday, Monday through Friday at noon, he does, like, a 15, 20-minute, like, uh, like, relaxing, like, worship music where he just plays his guitar and sings and prays. <laughs> Well, I'm just picturing your dad, like your dad with the guitar, like in front of his in front of his webcam, and like, and now here's here's Wonderwall, <laughs> and like do like starting to play Wonderwall to like play out the play out the music meditation. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it is something that's like really inspiring about this is like hearing what all the different religious leaders are doing to be able to like um to be able to help their congregants like cope and still maintain at least a semblance of like religious um at least a semblance of religious activity during this time right like i think i i think i read something in i think it was an article from the LA Times that was that said something about like i think it was an imam from a mosque in new york i think Mm -hmm. um since there is a specific islamic prayer that has to be said in person on fridays Mm -hmm. i do not remember what the name of it is i'm assuming that if you are listening to this and you're a muslim you probably know what i'm talking about so (laughs) so forgive me um but since they couldn't be saying this prayer since it is strictly uh since it is strictly required to be said in person among a group of people who are physically assembled Mm -hmm. instead at that time uh this imam i think was essentially doing you know like like a live stream of like religious meditations and stuff like Mm -hmm. i guess you know like let's all let's all meditate on the sermon from the quran and stuff right and it's like that being able to come up with that kind of a substitute is really inspiring yeah. to hear about because mm-hmm. and it, it, part of, I think part of it also is like coronavirus and so much of the self isolation that is happening around the world is I guess exposing which parts of religion are less than necessary and which and like the things that it's like well it's you know like it's okay if i don't if like if i don't do xyz like mm-hmm. it's okay if i can't if i can't participate in ceremony q on this day but right. it's also i think revealing like the stuff that is really necessary to you know the the unity of a congregation like mm-hmm. for sure be able to hold baptisms and funerals right yeah yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a really interesting time of change and mm-hmm. you know nobody really knows how it's going to look at the end of all of this. Tell you what like I can't wait to like I can't wait to look back on this and you know like 5 or 10 years or whatever or like god willing if I have kids like when it, like whenever they go through school and they're studying this time period like i'm mm-hmm. 
I am looking forward to seeing, like, I'm looking forward to reading about all of the wonderful things that humanity has done, is doing, and will do to stay together during this time of crisis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, I mean, there's so many awful things happening right now, even besides the coronavirus, but, like, everything that's happening because of that is terrible. People being overworked and everything is awful. But I think it's hard to also overlook how united the world is over this Mm -hmm. oh yeah like um here's an example of people being united um i follow an artist uh who is who is french i don't know where she lives i couldn't tell you with a gun to my head Mm -hmm. um but uh every night at eight o'clock i think that is when the that's when the local the city sanitation workers like drive through her neighborhood and stuff to you know like they work on sanitizing stuff. At one point, they were working on sanitizing a subway station. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which, like, godspeed. <laughs> but the the point is that, like, at this specific time, every night, like, when the sanitation workers pass through her neighborhood, everyone, and I do mean, like, everyone is, like, leaning out of their windows and applauding and cheering for the sanitation workers who are, like, who are doing such a literally life-saving job Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and gosh there's just we could we could talk about so many like there have been so many just like acts of you know kindness and stuff Mm -hmm. and charity and yes like some of them are coming from a religious i guess motivation but some of them aren't and all all of it is inspiring and truthfully refreshing to see (laughs) yeah i i don't know when you could have even thought the last time there was something the entire world was experiencing together and like it for better or for worse like the entire world has this shared experience now and Mm -hmm. can relate to each other in that way and it humanizes everybody and to see how everybody's coping and how people in like italy are very very similar to the people here in in like southwest michigan where i am you know and like yeah oh that reminds me there was um i saw a video a couple days ago and it was from i believe the jesuit twitter account Mm mm-hmm so it's like the Je- the Twitter account specifically run by the Society of Mary known as the Jesuits commonly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they posted this video from a, I guess, inside a co- like a monastery that had been quarantined. Mm-hmm. And so it was literally all of the monks in their individual rooms with like all the doors closed and stuff. But I th- they have like, they have an opening in the window that they can use to like speak out of if they need to and stuff and right. it was just this video of the hallway and all of these monks were they were they were singing their prayers in perfect unison and it was just like echoing and and reverberating mm-hmm. like down the hallway and it was it was really magical <laughs> yeah it's i i love the uh, the stories of people who like are interacting with like the neighbors across the street they've never talked to, but, like, you know, oh, even... yeah, definitely. Or, like, putting, like, signs up in the windows and, like, having conversations with each other or neighborhoods. Like, my neighborhood um, is... We're not, like, disconnected, but, like, our neighborhood's doing this thing um, 
where we're putting like uh like stuffed animals or like teddy bears oh, in yeah, windows bear watch yeah. yeah bear watch yep and it's just for kids to like walk around and like try and spot all of the bears in the neighborhood um it's very sweet and i just love that part of humanity where you know i think especially in times like this it's hard for me at least to remember that like good people do exist and normal people <laughs> exist in the yeah. world that aren't yeah. politicians and, and people like that, you know, that yeah. like humanity is so much bigger than governments and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, world leadership like that. It's the th- millions and millions of people who are living here going through the same thing, the same experiences and reacting in extremely similar ways just because yeah. that's how how we were made, you know? hmm Yeah. At this point, would we like to do, or would you like to do the the list of, like, resources and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Let me get that pulled up from where I sent it to Tanner a few weeks ago. <laughs> Here is where we get into some of the more uh, ways that you can help or be helped in the face of coronavirus. And this is going to be pretty much um, non-religious talk, because we did a lot of talk about religion and faith mm-hmm. in, you know, the previous however many minutes that you guys have heard, mm-hmm. that y'all have heard. Um, so if you are in need of assistance during COVID-19, or if you would like to provide assistance to other people, there is a Google Doc called Collective Care is Our Best Weapon Against COVID-19. I will link to it in the... Uh, I will link to it in the episode description. And it is pretty much just a list of mutual aid networks. They are sorted by geographic area. So if you have if you have something that you need or if you would like to help someone else in your society with, say, grocery pickup mm-hmm. or babysitting or like running errands or lawn work, that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you can you can look on this Google Doc and it will be able to direct you to places where you can get assistance. Absolutely, yeah. Um, other ways that you can help, uh, donate to your local food pantry if you have the yes, means. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, or donate uh, to medical aid relief through Global Giving and Doctors Without Borders. They're both doing great yeah. work. Yeah, Global Giving specifically has a fund set up to help uh, with coronavirus relief throughout the world. Uh, Doctors Without Borders does not have a specific COVID-19 fund, but I'm assuming that they are going to be, you know, directing a lot of their aid <laughs> Probably, relief yeah. uh, towards that in the following days and weeks mm-hmm. and months. <laughs> um, if you are able, uh, if you are medically able, um, it is always helpful to donate to your local blood bank during this time. Uh, I believe that at least in my area, they are asking people to make appointments before, uh, so that way, you know, then they can have a safe distance between you and the other, uh, the other donors and stuff. But as, as more and more people, uh, go into the hospital, it is going to be in extreme need. Mm -hmm. So if you can donate blood and you would like to, please, you, you have, that is a good idea. This is us telling you to do it. (laughs) Uh, another great way you can help your community is uh, just buy local. There's a lot of restaurants in my area um, that are still open and doing carryout, but, you know, yeah. obviously not getting a lot of traffic. 
Yeah, um, if if your area is under a stay-at-home order but not a full quarantine, chances are very likely that restaurants in your area are going to be still available for service. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, definitely do carry out. Some of them probably do delivery, too. Yep. If, um, yeah, so if you just, if you're choosing between, like, Chipotle and that, like, local shawarma place, maybe go for the shawarma because they need it a lot more than Chipotle does. Um, yeah. And also, they probably have bigger portions that will get you more food per meal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and always tip well to the um, DoorDash and the Uber Eats people that are working. Mm-hmm. Um, support indie artists as well, like online. Yes. Especially people who uh, were going to go to canceled cons and are making a lot of less money than they are or mm-hmm. uh, students, anybody like that. Like if you see somebody in need or somebody who you really enjoy their work like commission them or send them a coffee or anything like that uh they could really use it um also in regard to uh to into supporting and tipping people um please before you use a service such as uber eats or doordash or like online shopping for a grocery store check first and see whether or not that company and their workers are going to be going on strike Um, oh great idea (laughs) as of today i know that there is at least one uh there's at least one like remote shopping company whose workers are going on strike tomorrow to protest their uh to protest their treatment and conditions so check that before you place those orders just to be on the safe side mm-hmm. cuz no one likes no one likes uh no one likes a scab scab that's the word yeah <laughs> thanks newsies <laughs> Uh, and then always uh, thank workers and employees that are still working right now. If you have a mm-hmm. friend who's like in like working fast food or a person who, you know, someone who's grocery working stores. grocery stores but, and doctors, of course. Oh, God, like, yes. Anybody who's still working right now is the glue that's holding society together. Yeah. Uh, and they really, you know, do anything you can to support them. If you'd rather not interact with them with someone face to face, you can always, you know, like go online and like leave them a positive review or something on Google or Yelp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like something that I've done is I I left like notes and snacks out for like my local trash collector people and our mail carrier with mm-hmm. it was literally like a note taped to our door <laughs> saying like like thank you for thank you for what you do i appreciate it and then just like i literally like i duct taped granola bars to this piece of paper <laughs> but i saw that when our mail carrier came uh they did uh they you know like they they took it and i i saw our mail carrier like tuck it into her bag as she left which was <laughs> good. really nice because it's like Great. good you know that i appreciate you absolutely um when <laughs> when you come when it comes to current events i i would hope that this goes without saying but if you are needing news about the coronavirus your best source of information is always going to be, first off, um, your local government, whether that's your city, your state or province government, uh, or depending on the source, your na- the national uh, the national source for information on this. Um, in the U.S., that is the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. In if you're in Canada, um, that is the Public Health Agency, and of course the World Health Organization. All of these. All these organizations, especially 
your your local government's health department are going to be giving you the most accurate information when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and how best to keep yourself and those around you safe. Mm -hmm. It is generally not a good idea to check on second party or third party news sources when it comes to this because you are going to you are going to make yourself more stressed and anxious believe me yeah yeah speaking of that um when it comes to stuff like this uh news it is i promise you okay to turn off twitter and turn off your news source for like yes. an hour or more a whole day it's going to be fine yeah. i promise like the news is still going to be there there's no way Mm-hmm. The, I there's no way that the entire world changes in the day that you take for yourself. I promise. Yeah. There, so there is there's no way that the world is there's no way that society is going to completely disintegrate if you turn Twitter off for four hours while you work in the morning. <laughs> yes, and I just know for me personally, it's really, really, really difficult to hear of like person after person having horrible terrible experiences and like Mm -hmm. all over the world it feels like nothing good can happen from it just stop reading it it's really going to be fine i promise (laughs) yeah um yeah speaking of ways that you can uh that you can help each other obviously the most important things to do during this are step one wash your hands mm -hmm. step two cough into your elbow or do or do like like the Dracula cough or like the dab or mm-hmm. whatever you need to do. Uh and yes, of course I did just dab. Um <laughs> But and of course, you know, like practice social distancing if you can. And, you know, like make sure that you're getting enough sleep and if you are in any way concerned that you may be that you may be a carrier for of coronavirus, first step is take a breath. Sometimes, if you have anxiety, (laughs) your body will manifest the anxiety in a way that mimics symptoms of coronavirus, and then you wake up the next morning and you're fine. Yes. Um, If you Mm -hmm. think you might be concerned, though, the the safest thing to do is to to isolate yourself from people who are possibly immunocompromised, such as the elderly, people who are, say, maybe going through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you if you do that, then those people have a higher chance of being around for you to talk to once all this is over. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, this is slightly old um, news, so maybe take it with a slight grain of salt, but um, a lot of people can be carriers of it and not show any symptoms, or mm-hmm. be carriers of it and be able to recover at home without medical without extreme medical attention. Um yeah. and so you know because of like the hospitals are extremely overrun like do not hesitate to go to the hospital if you need to. Um mm-hmm. but really the best thing you can do is just self isolate until it becomes really really worrisome. Mhm. And in uh and the last note, in place of the last note that I have on, like, our list of, hey, here's stuff for you to, uh, here's ways for you to help and be helped. I would like to read a quote, actually, uh, from, from Our Lady of Country Music and Common Sense, Dolly Parton, <laughs> from a post that she put up on Instagram either yesterday or today. 
and I'm not going to do a country accent because I would not do a really a very good job at it, and I respect <laughs> her too much to try and mimic her. <laughs> so the quote is, It's the light, I believe, that's going to devolve the situation. Don't be too scared. It's going to be all right. God loves you. It is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. If you need anything, um, you can email us at our normal thing that we'll say in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Or DM us, either of us personally. Like, I'm personally in a in a place where I, I can handle it. <laughs> if you need someone to talk to, um, especially from, like, a religious perspective, uh, mm-hmm. we are both absolutely here for you. And you are not alone in this. It's, we're no. going to get through this one way or the other. And it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, just in a wrap-up, Faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, all those places where podcasts can be found. And our theme song is Start of Something Beautiful, courtesy of Ketza. We can be reached through an email at faithfulpod at gmail.com or through our Twitter at faithfulpods. And, uh, you know, please... Uh, share this episode with people if you think that it might help them mm-hmm. it might be cathartic for them or whatever or um if to you just think they might justin enjoy McElroy. it to quote justin McElroy, share this with with your dumbest friend <laughs> not that not that i support people being called dumb but so share this with someone who you think would be interested in hearing it or needs to hear it yep mm-hmm uh, it just helps us to get the word out there, uh, and I think this episode specifically could help people if they need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, and until then, uh, everything's going to be okay, just once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, keep, keep the, the faith! faith. Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? Dear brothers and sisters, sirens.